1: I'm joined here today by uh, three folks with the Arlington National Cemetery, uh, and they're going to be talking about the initiatives there as well as around the country, uh, including a a brand new survey that's being launched today, uh, a national dialogue about the future of Arlington. I'm pleased to be joined by Ms. Karen Durham-Aguilera. She's the executive director of the Army National Military Cemeteries, as well as the staff principal and executive director of the Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, Also joined by Brian Moore, the Deputy Superintendent for Field Operations at Arlington, and the U.S. Soldiers and Airmen's Home National Cemetery, as well as Mr. Christopher Warren. He's the historian for Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, Thank you, uh, Karen, Chris, and Brian, for being here this morning.
2: Well, Jason, thank you for the invite. It's, It's our pleasure to be here
1: uh and uh let's just before we kind of dive into the content just wanted to provide our listeners and, and you all a chance to kind of uh explain a little bit about each of your roles and, and how you've come to these roles uh serving uh, at, at arlington now uh, you want to start uh start us off karen
2: yeah sure thank you so i mean i'm the executive director i get to be the executive director for the army national cemeteries which includes arlington the soldiers and airmen's home but also the about 40 cemeteries we have around the country on Army installations. Um, I've been a member of the Senior Executive Service for over 14 years. I've worked for the Army for over 30 years. I spent a good part of my career with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. I'm an engineer. Last year, the Secretary of the Army decided to recruit for the Executive Director position. Um, I've been going out to Arlington National Cemetery as as a volunteer supporting veterans for several years. So it, it met both a professional skill of mine as well as a personal passion. So I'm very fortunate to have this awesome duty. Wonderful, thank you Karen.
0: I am Brian Moore, I'm deputy superintendent for field operations at Arlington. I've been here for about three years. Prior to that I served as the uh, deputy superintendent of a a number of cemeteries throughout the uh, country working for the Department of Veterans Affairs. First started my career in Dayton, Ohio as a cemetery director intern there went on to be the director at Marion National Cemetery following that assignment on to Abraham Lincoln National Cemetery and then finally at Georgia National Cemetery Uh, concluding those assignments I moved to Washington DC to work in VA central office working with the National Cemetery administration
1: thank you Chris
3: I'm Christopher Warren Uh, I'm one of the historians at Arlington Um, like many employees at Arlington um, I'm a veteran served many years as an Air Force intelligence officer uh, ended up at the Pentagon, so ended up in the D.C. area like a lot of people. Um, after I got off active duty, I served as a uh, special agent in the FBI for a little while and then decided to kind of embrace my passion for history. Uh, went back to school, got some advanced degrees, uh, was a government historian at, for the Air Force and the Navy for a while. And then when this opportunity came up to be a historian at Arlington, you know, I really jumped at the chance. I'm part of a, uh, a an Army history office. There's three historians and one curator. Uh, we have a command historian, uh, Steve Carney, and our job really is to capture the 153 years plus of uh, the, the institutional knowledge of Arlington National Cemetery and what has gone on there uh, to plan, to, to know what's gone on in the past and help plan for the future.
1: Wonderful, and then uh, it's great to have each of you here with with your experience both around the country as well as in serving our country, and I think one of the interesting things about Arlington is is it is both an active cemetery, but also a national historic place, a national monument, and and it means so many things. And and you're you're balancing those roles. And can you kind of speak to, you know, how you balance that historical uh, aspect with you know the the living history and, and honoring um, uh, our deceased veterans.
2: Well, thank you, Jason. So I'll start. So this is Karen, <clears throat> so our primary job every day is to take care of veterans and their family members. We have an average of thirty burial services a day, Monday through Friday and around 10 on Saturdays. Uh, last year, we had over 7,000. Uh, this year, we are expect to have a similar amount. And what we do is to strive to make every family feel special so they get the honor and dignity that they have earned, but also to do that so it, it feels like there's nothing else going on in the cemetery. Um, that is quite a challenge because we also have over 11,000 visitors a day around $4 million a year, and in certain times of the year, it's, it's much more than that. And then we have, it's an old place, established in 1864. We have numerous construction projects going on. Some of them we can do during the day, and others we restrict uh, the contractor to only work you know, off hours so that we don't disturb the ongoing dignity, dignity of the cemetery. And then aside from all of that, we have all the groups that come in for special events and, and ceremonies.
0: Absolutely, we have. This is Brian Mooring. We have a uh, visitation of approximately eleven thousand visitors a day. Uh, this includes school school groups, scouting groups, and individual tours, as well as uh, individuals coming out to visit the cemetery for either to uh, visit their loved one's gravesite or to visit the cemetery and historical uh, aspects that are encased in
2: Arlington. So we also have uh, a lot of ceremonies and, di- and dignitaries. Um, heads of state, you know, after uh, President Trump was uh, inaugurated, uh, the first visit from the head of state was from the United Kingdom, was Theresa May. She made a visit to Arlington National Cemetery to pay respects to the veterans uh, that are laid to rest there as well as the, the interaction with veterans that have also, you know, fought on, on their soil. So There's numerous other heads of states that, that, that come there, both military, you know, as, um, she's the staff of the Army of other nations so we have to work all that in. And then twice a year, we have the national observances where the president and others come out for Memorial Day and for Veterans Day. And then Chris, one of our great historians, can talk some about some of the notable people that are laid to rest there that, that may take somewhat surprise.
3: Sure, this is Chris. Um, most people know at Arlington that uh, President Kennedy uh, rests there. Uh, there's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the very popular um, things to, to witness, changing of the guard, but there's there's also individuals there that um, you may not be as aware of. Uh, for instance, President Kennedy was as our second president to lay at rest at Arlington. Our first one was President Taft, um, who had a, quite a distinguished uh, service career, uh, even before he was president and after. Um, he was Sec- Solicitor General of the U.S. He had served at the Civil Governor of the Philippines, Secretary of War, Vice President under Teddy Roosevelt, of course, president. And then he served as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court after uh, he lost uh, his— uh, election campaign for the presidency in 1912. But in addition, we have individuals who, uh, may may, they were known for other things other than their military service, but also served honorably, uh, such as Medgar Evers, the slain civil rights leader, um, assassinated in 1963, uh, helped found the, double, the, the field office in Mississippi for the NAACP. He was a, um, um, served in World War II honorably, rising to the rank of sergeant. We have um, individuals like Lee Marvin, the famous actor from uh, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, he was a, a Marine in World War II, combat wounded, Purple Heart recipient. So it's not just the stories that many people possibly have heard of about the, the very well-known, but it's about other people who have served uh, their country honorably and um, chose at the end of their lives, their families chose uh, to come to Arlington and rest in perpetuity. Great, thank you, Chris. Well, I think this is a, a
1: good opportunity for our, our first break. And after the break, I want to talk about a tool that you all told me about—one of your, your apps that can help folks uh, cruise through and figure out, you know, who and where uh, folks are who who are out at Arlington as well as out around the country. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM. Welcome back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Today we're featuring a discussion about Arlington National Cemetery. I'm joined by both the uh, executive director as well as the deputy superintendent and historian at the cemetery. And um, before the break, we were talking about some of the uh, well-known as well as maybe lesser-known notables uh, veterans who who are uh, interned at Arlington. And uh, uh, one of the interesting things that we were talking about before the program started was uh, uh, apparently uh, one of the best apps out there. Uh, that's setting the standards for uh, helping folks identify uh, uh, and uh, find folks both in Arlington and in uh, other military cemeteries.
2: So, Jason, so we have an app called ANC Explorer, and it is pretty amazing uh, because you can can download that app and you can basically find anything. You can get uh, history. You can look up people's names and find out their story. If you're walking around, you can get directions to any type of monument uh, that you want to go to, whether it's the Tomb of the Unknown or Arlington Manor or the Tanner Amphitheater. Um, the other thing that we have, uh, we have for the last uh, about six years really advanced our use of uh, GIS so that we can have the best management practices to truly manage an active cemetery. And part of that includes what we, what we call a virtual visit. And we have over 400,000 that are laid to rest now. So for families that are trying to see their loved ones, they may not always be able to travel, but they're able to make a virtual visit and see the, the name and, and the photo of their loved ones that are laid to rest. So all that together really makes for an incredible uh, experience for our visitors.
1: That's such an incredible uh, story, and it, it sounds like uh, Arlington is, is leading the way in, in this type of work and, and is serving as a model for, for uh, you know, other uh, active uh, cemeteries out there.
2: We are. It, it took quite a big of effort to get all those records, you know, actually mapped into a GIS database. Um, so we're helping out with the Department of Veterans Affairs and their National Cemetery Administration to try to advance their practices, and also with the American Battle Monuments Commission, and they are the group that manage the overseas cemeteries, you know, for American veterans that were laid to rest near battlefields. You know, Brian might want to say a few words about our use of GIS for our operations.
0: Absolutely. Part of the development of the applications uh, mapper helps us now to uh, not just plan and schedule our interments, but it also helps us deconflict. with the amount of activity that we have going on in the cemetery through the burials, visitation, and construction projects. Uh, it's very important that we get it right. This app actually helps us do that. And it also helps us to uh, assign uh, both the grave sites and also the teams that are going to be uh, responsible for completing the internments. Uh That document that is produced it's called our dig slip and what that does it gives us real-time information to ensure that everyone that's on that team has been a part of that internment and that they actually sign and then document uh, their actions. That document then is uh, uploaded and becomes a permanent part of the record. And so that helps not just to identify who was on there but to also give the public the peace of mind that uh, their loved one has been interred exactly where we say that they're supposed to be.
3: This is Chris. Uh, in addition, uh, our app is, is wonderful. Uh, the History Office, we're very concerned about public outreach, uh, getting as many people to learn the history of Arlington and experience it. Uh, on the app, we've uh, uploaded some historical tours, uh, walking tours that the public can take. If you come out to Arlington and you're interested in African-American history or women in the military or a World War One tour, we've created these... Um, short tours, walking tours, where it will take you graveside uh, and tell you a little bit about certain individuals uh, pertaining to that tour or monuments and memorials. Uh, it gives you a, a, an approximate time this walking tour will take. It's great exercise. You learn a lot of history. And we're doing that more and more, trying to upload more personalized tours for people to come out and kind of get a different um, a different view and understanding of Arlington than the, the, the standard view they normally have.
1: It's really incredible the the kind of multifaceted purposes that that, that this tool provides. And and ultimately, it's all about serving your your visitors, your guests. Absolutely. Uh, Another aspect that uh, this uh, platform has allowed Mm -hmm. us to do
0: to include our horticultural tours. And so uh, we will be beginning our fall tours. So please definitely go to our website. You'll be able to sign up and uh, be a part of the fall tour of our historical activities going on at the cemetery.
2: So every day is Memorial Day, and every day is Arbor Day. Arlington National Cemetery is a national arboretum, so it's absolutely amazing. You know, the uh, the old trees that are out there. Our horticulturists are, are very particular to make sure that we, we keep those standards up, as well as always looking to improve the appearance of the cemetery. You know, with the plantings and the flowers and and rest areas, uh, we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of compliments on that. Because you know, people have noticed the improvements that we've made you know, over the years.
0: Absolutely. We were identified and acknowledged as a Level 2 Arboretum in March of 2015 uh, by Morton's Registry of Arboretums. And so we maintain over 8,700 trees at Arlington, along with a uh, number of woody specimens. And so this has the, uh, or that app have, will give you the ability to come out and explore all those uh, areas of interest.
1: Wow, that's didn't know that piece of, of Arlington, and and I'm curious how many folks are on staff that make all of this happen, and and I know it's not just
2: staff. I know it's also
1: volunteers.
2: Okay, so Jason, right now we've got um, close to 200 uh, civilians on staff. Uh, we also have a small uh, number of uh, military, both uh, officers and enlisted, about 15 of those, because you know we are uh, part of the U.S. Army. And the Army is the executive agent for the Department of Defense, you know, to manage Arlington Cemeteries. That's why we have people from all branches of the armed services there. Uh, we also have numerous support contractors from our grounds to, to landscaping, to the construction, uh, to some of the repairs. So it's a, it's a huge effort by an, by an extended team. But even with all of that, with the demand that is there, we get uh, 38 requests a day. And we're averaging about 30 burials a day, which means we'll never, we'll never quite keep up. We're already scheduling services today into December, wow. uh, because depending on the type of honors that the veteran is eligible for, or what the family wants to have, they could wait uh, 20 weeks to get a date for full honors, and that's with everything—that's with the band, and the casket team, and the bugler, and the firing party and every, everything that you can think of that would be full honors. of uh, If it's just a placement only, which would be the family and a cemetery representative, um, or with standard honors, then they could wait 10 weeks for a date. And then, there, and then there's families that have a specific time they want to come based on their own schedules and how many of their families that they, they want to come to Washington, D.C. About uh, 75% of the veterans and family members that are coming into Arlington now are from outside the national capital region. Hmm. In other words, they're coming from other parts of the country. You know, choosing, you know, to be laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery. So we are open seven days a week, um, so they're always, uh, as long as it's open to the public, uh, there are our our security people and our uh, our historians and the tour guides and everybody else that you can think of. You know, to be able to serve them in that magnificent place.
1: Well, it just sounds like just such an incredible effort and so much thoughtfulness that goes into providing the experience that the veteran's family, you know, desires and and that that veteran has earned, you know, frankly. Um, And it's just really cool to hear uh, about all the effort that goes into that, which, you know, uh, you know, having planned a wedding several years ago, you know, it's not everyone really knows what all goes into the event. They just see the successful execution of that ceremony but it's uh, behind the scenes so much has to happen to make that uh, happen flawlessly.
0: Absolutely and uh, each and every day we meet uh, in our teams to ensure that we're able to deconflict schedules to ensure that the families have the opportunity to experience that that one uh, time to lay their loved one to rest and to have the experience that it's all about them. So our staff meets uh, and we deconflict and we ensure that the efforts uh, are done each and every day, each and every time, for every service that comes through Arlington National Cemetery.
2: And a lot of that is rerouting traffic, you know, for the trams and the trolleys that are, that are there throughout the day. So it's a construction, because we, we literally have to block roads to be able to allow that service so that the families are not disturbed. It's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a logistics effort to make that happen.
1: Very cool. One, well, uh, you know, I know we'll talk about this more a bit later into the program, but, uh, you know, I know that there's an, an ongoing conversation and discussion about, you know, what what is the future uh, uh, for Arlington and, and dealing with, uh, you know, in the next, you know, decade or two uh, we will eventually run out of space. Uh, wh- 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 what, what's going on with
2: all of that? So first, last year, Congress uh, asked us, the Army, to provide a report to Congress that talked about the future of Arlington National Cemetery and to how to uh, assure its an active cemetery well into the future which was defined as around 150 years. We delivered that report uh, this calendar year. It's uh, now on our public on our website. It's been out there since April. So if you go to, you know, arlingtoncemetery.mil um, then you can find the report. But basically, if nothing changes And that's with an expansion that we have going on right now that will be finished sometime this year. If nothing else changes, by the year 2041, we will no longer be in active cemetery. So what that means is that for any veteran that served in the Desert War or any conflict since then, they will not have the option to be laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery. And so in our report to Congress, we gave several uh, ways that we can extend the life. Um, One of them, of course, is by another physical expansion. We have one now called the Southern Expansion. That's the one that would wrap around the Air Force Memorial. So we are right now doing the uh, cost negotiations for some of the small pieces of land that we need from Arlington County and from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, There's other ways that could possibly be expanded physically later on adjacent to the cemetery. But the other way to extend the life is to reexamine the eligibility criteria. So there, there's numerous ways to do that. Uh, we just now today kicked off our national dialogue after working with a lot of our stakeholder groups where people can go in and take a survey, and we want people to do that so we, we, can, we can see what, what does America want Arlington National Cemetery to be in the future. So if I may, I'm going to give the survey link. It's www.arlingtoncemetery.mil slash national hyphen Dialogue-survey. Great. And
1: we'll make sure that we provide a a few more opportunities for folks to to get that survey written down uh, because we uh, want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, participate in that, to share it with their networks and their friends and loved ones, uh, because this really is uh, is a national dialogue. This is the country coming together and and talking about what what the future uh, uh, of Arlington uh, looks like.
2: Absolutely. I mean, this is hollow ground, but it's also a national icon, and people treasure it. That's why we we have so many people that come in. Uh, With the southern expansion, if we're able to do that, and we're in the planning and the, the environmental piece, as well as the land acquisition discussions, and then it has to be funded for construction. So if all that happens, and we start constructing that in 2021, that will take us to about 2053 for how long Arlington can remain active. So there are other things we'll have to look at to include eligibility to continue to extend its active life.
1: Hmm. Wow. Um, and can you talk about, you, you mentioned that there are several kind of stakeholder organizations that helped produce the contents of that survey. Kind of who who, who was that involved? Is it your, your usual suspects or are there are other groups that folks may be uh, surprised to hear a part of
2: that? Well, first, we have an advisory committee for Arlington National Cemetery that, that Congress um um, authorized several years ago. Uh, the VA, uh, National Cemetery Administration, also has a similar advisory committee. So as part of that com- advisory committee, um, we had some help convening stakeholder groups to include you know, military officers, you know, the retirees organizations, um, other retiree organizations, Gold Star mothers, Gold Star wives, and numerous others that we, we got together uh, with them um, in May to help us form the actual questions. Uh, today, the uh, Veterans of Foreign of Wars VFW Convention is meeting in New Orleans. So we have a group down there that's manning a booth and also launching the survey. Uh, we'll send another group to the American Legion Convention and then just some of the other groups as well. So when we're getting the word out just as much as we can. This is going to be an ongoing dialogue. And then we'll take uh, any type of input or any type of comments that people want to give Great, thanks, Karen
1: and Chris. I'm I'm curious, kind of historically, is this uh is this effort to to really bring in this this, this broad national dialogue uh, new, uh, kind of a step beyond, or, or has there been uh um, kind of an ongoing uh, opportunities for input, whether it be from from the nation or, or these the uh, affected groups, veteran organizations,
3: and others. You know, this is really unique because of the, the the age of the Internet. It allows a lot more people to be involved, the American public. Um, historically, what I would go back to as um, kind of setting precedent for this type of discussion was uh, after the burial of President Kennedy, um, 1963. Uh, up to that point, Arlington's eligibility, and um, they were really um, encouraging people, more people to have burials at Arlington. But the the bur- the death and burial of the, the president in sixty three. Changed, um, changed Arlington. Uh, that was the first full honors military funeral uh, televised nationally. So many people, many uh, parts of the American public who have never been to Arlington, they saw the prestige and the honor that was associated with Arlington. So the requests for burial uh, post 1963 they tripled and quadrupled. And back then, uh, Arlington and the Army did a a, um, a report to Congress. And stated that at that pace we would have ran out of space in the 1980s, so they had to do the same types of process. What, are we, how are we going to ensure that Arlington um, um, stays an active cemetery uh, in the foreseeable future? And they did the same things. They did land acquisition uh, towards the east. Um, we changed some of the burial or some of the eligibility requirements um, to. Um, ensure that uh, Arlington w- remained an active cemetery to where it is today. So I think this is uh, a new precedent, though, in the, the involvement of the American public who can directly get involved and give feedback. And that's absolutely what we want. You know, This is our nation's uh, premier national cemetery. So we want the, the, the feedback from the American public. Great.
1: Thank you. Well, we're going to uh, take this opportunity to take our, our next break and uh, have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll circle back to our conversation about Arlington National Cemetery. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM.
4: If you're a federal manager, you deal with a lot of information. Here's a tip on breaking through the noise. Join the Federal Managers Association to have a voice on Capitol Hill. And to get filtered news and information specific to managing your workforce, join the 50,000 other federal managers who already subscribe and read the free weekly e-report, fedmanager.com. I'm Todd Wells, Executive Director of the Federal Managers Association, and I approve this message.
1: You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. We're returning to our conversation about Arlington National Cemetery. I'm joined here in the studio by Karen Durham Aguilera. She's the Executive Director for the Army National Military Cemeteries, as well as the Staff Principal and Executive Director at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, she's joined by uh, the Deputy Superintendent for Field Operations, Brian Moore, uh, as well as uh, Arlington's historian, or uh, one of their historians, Christopher Warren. Um, uh, for folks who haven't been out to Arlington recently, I understand that there's some, some changes and some new things that, that folks uh, should know about. And, uh, you know, while we're talking about, uh, things that are going on as well as the national dialogue and the new survey that's being launched, also wanted to provide our, especially for our folks here in the DC area or, or folks who, who may be listening around the country and are thinking about a visit, things that they should know about, um, as they're planning their trips.
2: Well, thank you, Justin. So uh, sometime late last fall, uh, we did launch new security measures at Arlington National Cemetery. You know, that's it's just the, re- the times that we live in and the reality of our lives. So similar to anyone who goes to the National Mall and to go into one of the Smithsonian's, uh, we have screening, initial screening, uh, when people come into the cemetery. Um, for families that have loved ones laid to rest, um, after the service, they have a family pass for the immediate family so that at any time they're able to come, you know, into the cemetery so they can visit, you know, the resting place of their loved ones. So there's an ID check for those that have a pass to come in. And so if you come out to Arlington uh, Cemetery now, if you haven't been out there for about a year, then you'll see the screening. You'll see our security guards. You know, you'll see the, the initial you know, screening process as you go into our welcome center. But we do that, you know, to make sure that we want the, everyone to be as safe as possible, both our visitors coming in as well as the people that work there. Uh, Brian can talk about all the partnerships that we have in place to make all that happen.
0: Absolutely. Uh, upon coming out to Arlington, as Ms. Aguilar just told you, you will go through the screening, but there's also an opportunity uh, to uh, take one of the tours. Uh, we have partnered with Arlington Tours, and uh, you can obtain a ticket uh, that will take you on a riding tour through the cemetery. But for those that are coming out to visit their loved ones, there is a free shuttle that will take them to the gravesite and also return them back to the Welcome Center.
2: And another thing, too, though, about uh, the, the team out there is it's not just those of us that serve with the Army. Um, the National Park Service actually is responsible for Memorial Avenue hmm. and then also the Women's in Service to, uh, you know, to America's uh, Wimsa Memorial that's at the foot of that. Um, the National Park Service also has Arlington Manor, and they're about to start a big renovation of that. That's inside the cemetery, and then for us, you know, we depend on uh, Joint Base Myers-Henderson Hall, you know, for help with our security and law enforcement, and then Arlington County, and the National Park Police, and, and just about every entity that's around that area. We work nearly daily, you know, to make sure that that um, the cemetery stays. You know, a good, a good accessible place for the public.
0: Absolutely. And uh, they also assist with some of the uh, international uh, visitation uh, from senior government officials and military officials from the world over. And so those partnerships help us to ensure that, again, that public safety, but also deconflict conflict uh, any routing issues with services and uh, the visitation to the cemetery.
1: That's good information to know. And, and for, for folks who are visiting, you know, I, I think when, when I've gone out, I've usually kind of just taken the metro and, and then walked in. Is that still one of the better ways to, to get in and, and access the, the property?
2: Well, you know, people come there from metro or they come there by Uber or they take a taxi or you can drive in and you can park in our, in our parking garage. What really struck me was, was earlier this year when we had a snow day. Of course, everybody who lives here knows that it only takes a little bit of snow, mm-hmm. and then the National Capital Region is pretty well shut down. So this was the day where the Capital Region was shut down, and for the federal government, had a, had a delay closing of about four hours. So we followed the same rules, and so we weren't open for the public until that time period. But we have services already scheduled. So I was really struck by we called all the families that had a burial service scheduled that day we said, if we're shut down for snow, but do you want to have your service? 60% of them said, yes, we do. So the Army and the Air Force and the Marines and us are all out there making sure that we can still have burial services for families. Our crews that fall under Brian, uh, we're, we are set up where they literally spend the night, and get up in the middle of the night, and make sure that the streets are clear we can continue but the other thing that struck me is the Metro was shut down the public buses were shut down you know for the most part the trams were shut down so if you visited the cemetery the only way you can get around is to walk and people came and they were walking throughout the entire cemetery despite the snow day and logistics it just it it, it just really it really inspired me to see how important Arlington National Cemetery is to the public
0: Absolutely, we have about 19 miles of roadways uh, that we maintain. So during a significant uh, snow event, it does take all of our efforts uh, to ensure public safety, but also accessibility for services. And uh, my team is very uh, able and dedicated to ensuring uh, the cemetery remains open.
1: Yeah, you know, during our, those events, uh, it's that's such an incredible story. Our Listeners can't see the the look on uh, Brian and Karen's face when talking about this, but you can you can see the. The pride that, that you have in your teams and in, in being able to, um, you know, execute these duties with with the dedication, so that these families can have the right the right kind of experience when uh, for their family members for their loved ones. Um, one of the things that you mentioned, Karen, that's interesting to me, and maybe Chris can tell us a little bit about it, is this uh, this renovation project uh, out at the historical uh, manor house. And uh, what that may mean, and uh, you know, is that going to be closed off to the public in, while that's happening, or are folks still going to be able to see some
2: of those uh, historical landmarks? Well, that falls under the National Park Service. Yeah. So the National Park Service, won't we understand once they start the renovation, uh, they will have it closed off to the public, just by a necessity mm-hmm. to be able to do a major renovation. Got it. Um, thank you. Um,
1: where do we want to go next? Let's talk about, well, I know, so, you know, the Congress is is clearly involved in in the future uh, of, of Arlington, and, and it sounds like there are some provisions in, in this year's defense authorization that uh, can influence, you know, both the ongoing national dialogue but but also some of your, your operational kind of capabilities and, and flexibilities out in Arlington.
2: So the 2017 NDAA National Defense Authorization Act gave us flexibilities on land acquisition we did not have before. Uh, Basically, it it gave us the ability to acquire the land that we need and um, at fair market value. Uh, Where before, the notion was a a land exchange that may not have been very equitable. Um, So what what we found out was uh, the Army already owns a lot of the land surrounding the cemetery. And so after we re-looked at our future plans We're keeping the land that we own so that we have it for future benefits of the cemetery, not just to accommodate the southern expansion, uh, but also if we're able to uh, relocate our operations facilities, for example, outside the current footprint, that will also open up even more uh, barrel space inside the cemetery. Um, We're going to wrap around the Air Force Memorial. If you go out to the Air Force Memorial, it's it's pretty limited on, on how you can get there and where you can park. So we're looking for ways we can help out visitors coming to that memorial. The uh, 9-11 Visitors uh, Center, if you go um, out to that area on Columbia Pike near the Pentagon, you'll see a big banner. So they're going to be putting up a visitor education center. So we're also working with them on the best spot for them that will also help them out as well as to accommodate the expansion plan. So there's a a lot of, of, uh, of opportunities there that we can do to both expand the cemetery but also make things better for the people that are moving through that area. Um, under the defense access road projects, we're working with uh, Arlington County and Federal Highways on the um, Columbia Pike kind of uh, reroute of that cloverleaf, leaf. And that will include a uh, multimodal system for, for public transit, but also additional bike paths. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of um, improvements and enhancements we're looking forward to, as well as being able to expand the cemetery. That's very interesting.
1: It sounds like you're playing 3D chess and, and, and working with a lot of stakeholders and, and trying to manage that. It must be a, 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 an interesting process.
2: It's interesting, but it's exciting. It's very exciting. It's, it's a great time to be an engineer, you know, working at Arlington National Cemetery, but it's exciting because there's so many possibilities of things that we can do to make an even better experience for the American people.
1: Great. Well, with that, we'll take our, our final break here. And then for the, the last segment of the show, we'll, we'll continue talking about kind of the, uh, the ongoing evolution out at Arlington and the, uh, the steps ahead. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM. We're now in the last segment of our show, and we're talking about uh, the the past, present, and future of Arlington National Cemetery. And uh, I want to go back to uh, something that you had mentioned earlier, Chris, uh, Arlington's uh, historian, about um, the tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and and also uh, the relationship to the, that the public. Uh, uh, gained with with the cemetery following President Kennedy's uh, interment there and, and the full military honors and kind of how uh, some of that has influenced the uh, the ongoing operations and, and the changes uh, that, that we're talking about in terms of uh, the expansion, the future uh, of the cemetery and its operations.
3: Sure. Um, you, uh, most people don't know that when national cemeteries were first created during the Civil War, there was not the honor... Uh, and prestige that were associated with those burials that there is of course today these were really cemeteries to ensure that um, lower-income soldiers from lower-income families had a proper burial Uh, families had to pay for burials back then if they wanted to bring their uh, loved ones back home but over time of course that's changed and arlington was kind of on the forefront of that change the first national commemoration of decoration day today we call it memorial day occurred at arlington you have the president or some other high-ranking government official coming out on Memorial Days um, to give a, a commemorative speech, um, and then as the time is, as time has gone on, it's it's just been enhanced even more. After the First World War, uh, of course, uh, industrialized war where there uh, many uh, soldiers' um, remains were never uh, found, uh, nothing to um, give closure to those families. So the there was an idea to have a uh, a tomb of the unknown soldier that we actually got from our British and French allies to kind of represent all those soldiers who never came home from the, the Great War. That was constructed at Arlington, um, dedicated in 1921. And it was, um, you know, further an enhancement of that role of Arlington in, in national commemoration and remembrance. And then, of course, with President Kennedy, people saw it on TV. They began to have yet even greater understanding of what Arlington and all national cemeteries mean to the American public. And I think um, as we've had to expand over time, um, we've always had these, these issues of kind of balancing uh, the history and the honor with the logistics of, of how do we go forward and, and ensure the American public can continue to, in, to understand and um, revere and honor and,
2: and enjoy Arlington. You know, one thing that always strikes me when I, when I go to a burial service— is to hear one of our great chaplains. We have, we have chaplains from all branches of the armed services, it's depending on the, on, the, on the veterans' service. And when they're, when they're honoring the veteran or their family member, when they're talking to the family, one of the things that the chaplains will say is, you can't buy your way into Arlington National Cemetery. Every place is earned. Everyone there has, has earned. So it is, it is a veteran's benefit, you know, as long as they, they've earned their, their eligibility. And to me, that's something that we, we never forget. And there's never too much, um, it's never too late to honor a veteran. You know, Chris mentioned some of the history, uh, history part of it. Uh, we do services for repatriations. When somebody's remains are discovered and identified from World War II, or the Korean War, or the Vietnam War, and if the family wishes to bring them to Arlington, then they are laid to rest there no matter how, many, how much time has passed. And so that's that's definitely a testament to the honor, you know, that America holds for our veterans. Hmm. Fascinating.
1: Do you ever run across situations when, especially in, when, in some of these situations when you're, it's a long-lost remains and, and uh, uh, you know, if you have trouble finding a family, wh- what is the path forward? Um, is that just kind of in—is that veteran placed in kind of the, the category of the, the unknown soldier um, or is there, you know, another, uh, you know, mechanism by which they can be honored?
2: You know, first, uh, we make every attempt to find a family, and, and we nearly always find a family, you know, because if you don't identify the person, then they're a true unknown. Um, and we can almost always find a family member, whether it's a, it's, it's a niece or a great-niece or a, or a cousin. You know, Soldiers and Airmen's Home, which is even older than, the cemetery there is older than Arlington. So that cemetery out there is, is only for the residents, you know, which are, are pretty advanced in age. Um, and even for them, we find a family member. Yes, we do.
0: Yes, we do. And uh, speaking of the Soldiers and Airmen's Home National Cemetery, we conduct approximately 10 to 12 services out there each year. And uh, the, the uh, remains are, are those of uh, residents of the Soldiers and Airmen's Home here in Washington, D.C.
1: How many folks are out at that home?
0: I uh, don't have the, direct, the, the actual number, uh, but I have been told it's the excess of 300. They, they currently reside there.
1: Okay. That's, you know, I think that's one of the interesting things about this. You know, we've been talking primarily about Arlington, but that there are these other facilities Absolutely. out there around the country that are, that are doing right uh, mm-hmm. by our veterans and, and, and trying to provide them dignity either at the end of their life or, or when their lives uh, conclude. Um, and that's just, you know, incredible work that's uh, going on. Um, you know, in this, this last kind of 10 minutes or so of our show, I kind of wanted us to, to circle back to, um, you know, the, uh, the future of, of Arlington and, and part of the national dialogue and, and reminding folks about where they can find more information about that as well as uh, everything that's going on um, out there. And, and if there is any, anything that we've, we've missed that, that you all would like to highlight, uh, you know, we still have a, a little bit of time here together uh, to, to fill in our listeners about that.
2: Well, th- well, thank you, uh, Jason. Just a couple of things. You know, first, uh, the Veterans Affairs uh, oversees the National Cemetery Administration. There's 135 national military cemeteries around the country, and they are wonderful places. The main difference is they do not have the honors that are offered at Arlington National Cemetery. You know, full honors at Arlington National Cemetery is, is a horse-drawn caisson from the old guard of the, of the 3rd Infantry Regiment, which is the oldest active regiment in the Army. It's a band. It's a firing party. It's a bugler. It's a casket team. You know, it's a gun salute, depending on the rank. So those are the type of things that you only find at Arlington National Cemetery. But veterans have options. They have choices, whether it's a family area or in one of the VA cemeteries. Um, the second thing, uh, going back to the dialogue, you know, we really want people to help us, you know, give us feedback and input on what Arlington National Cemetery should be in the future Again, that's www.arlingtoncemetery.mil slash national hyphen dialogue hyphen survey. So I I got on there myself this morning. So I know the survey is is working, and uh, it's, it's pretty quick, simple questions. So we really encourage everybody to do that. Great. Um, and, you know, I, I know that we
1: there are also it sounds like a wonderful kind of social media content and other ways to engage, you know, whether it be on, on, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And I think that the leveraging those tools are, are, are probably providing new and interesting ways, as Chris talked about, to, to help the, the public connect uh, with what's going on at Arlington, with our veterans and, and the history uh, behind some of these stories of the, these individuals
2: who have uh, earned these honors and this rights. Absolutely. We, we meet, meet uh, several million right now, reach several million through our Facebook page. So it's very active, it's, uh, it's very interesting, and, and every day there's a different uh, vignette, you know, history of the patriots that are laid to rest there.
1: How do you choose uh, who to highlight? Is that one of the roles where your historians come into play?
3: Uh, yes, um, it's difficult, uh, because what we often highlight very well-known uh, members of the military. Um, we off, we also want to highlight uh, the service of, um, you know, kind of the common soldier, sailor, marine, airman. Um, and one of the ways we do this is by putting on um, tours. Um, you can come out to Arlington and take the, the standard um, tram tour, which is an excellent tour and a kind of an overview of the cemetery. But we've been conducting for the last two years, the history office itself, uh, Sunday tours once a month, free to the public where we explore different aspects of American history and how they impacted Arlington. We just conducted a tour of explorers and pioneers, astronauts, um, medical pioneers. Uh, we're getting ready to do one on the Coast Guard. Well, we'll go to individual graves and talk about context and history and then those individual service members. Um, so it's a difficult process. Um, we also just um, opened a, a World War I exhibit in our um, Welcome Center. Uh, a joint exhibit with the American Battle Monuments Commission exploring America's involvement in World War I and its impact on Arlington and the creation of ABMC. Um, so it's difficult to pick uh, oftentimes, but we just try to give a good overview of not only the, the famous and the well-known, but um, you know, those who served just as honorably and deserve recognition in their own right.
0: Absolutely. And uh, tagging on to that, we also do our horticultural tours Uh, which, again, gives those that have an interest in the horticultural activities an opportunity to come out and visit the cemetery numerous times through the year. Uh, As Ms. Uh, Aguilera identified earlier, there are two uh, national observances. Of course, that's Veterans Day and Memorial Day. But We also have a third uh, pretty significant uh, event, and that is called the Wreaths Across America. And that is usually on the second Saturday of December. So there's a lot of interest that's out here at uh, Arlington, and we invite you to come out and visit and see the sites. Uh, Another thing that uh, is a a very high point of visitation is the changing of the guard. Uh, During the months of October through uh, March, it is every hour on the hour. But during the summer months, which we're currently in, it's every half hour. Uh, So again, there's an opportunity to come and see and be a part of American history.
2: You know, I don't know how many times I've, I've seen the changing of the guard, and it gives me chills every time. Uh, that originated after the Tomb of, of, the, of the Unknown Soldier was first constructed, and people noticed that uh, some members of the public weren't as respectful as they should and were, were tending to, try to write graffiti or do something out there. And so uh, people started guarding it, and then the Army took over the duty officially with the tomb guards you know, so the tomb guards all watch over, you know, the tomb of the unknown 24 hours a day, you know, rain, sleet, or snow, and then you have the official changing of the guard ceremony that the public understands we're doing, and it's, uh, like I said, it gives me chills every time I see it.
1: It really is uh, an incredible uh, sight to see, and uh, Brian, you mentioned the uh, the wreath, uh, the wreath uh, activity in in the winter time. I know that I've seen the pictures of that, and it's just a uh, an incredible sight to see, and uh, for folks who are interested in participating in those types of activities, uh, you know, can are there? Do they just go to your website to, to sign All up as a volunteer?
0: Absolutely. The website is the perfect place to gain information about Arlington, but to also find out when those significant events are coming up, uh, to include uh, the Wreaths Across America, but also our periodic tours.
2: Facebook or website, great sources of information. <laughs> Uh, great. Well, you
1: know, I want to give you each kind of just an opportunity to to provide kind of closing thoughts here before we uh, wrap up this program here. Uh, maybe we'll uh, just go down the line here and then maybe we'll start with you, Chris.
3: Sure. Um, thanks, Jason. Um, you know, I kind of take the long view of being a historian of the impact of Arlington over the years. And um, uh, like Ms. KDA was saying, uh, no matter how many times you see a changing of the guard or you see that flag draped case on, roll down the avenue, uh, it does send chills. And I, it, I think back as a historian to those initial burials in 1864, why the cemetery was, uh, was founded. Um, and I think it gives a, some context and some chronological linkage between the soldiers who served back then uh, and the service members who serve today. Um, they're probably not that much different from each other, but you know, it, it reminds me every day that when our nation needs heroes— Um, There are men and women who will step forward and answer that call even today. Great, Thanks, Chris.
0: Brian? Absolutely. Uh, I I believe I can speak on behalf of my staff that uh, there is no more noble mission than the mission that we have to serve our nation's heroes. And in doing so, each and every day, it is truly the the most rewarding experience that I have ever had. Uh, And I would
1: uh, echo that for my teammates. Wonderful one. Four million visitors a year, uh, 11,000 a day. Uh, it's, that's an incredible uh, number of, uh, of Americans and visitors from around the world that, that you and your staff and your team are all, all, all touching. Absolutely.
2: You know, on behalf of the dedicated men and women that serve there, it's our, it's our honor. Every day we talk about that. It's our honor, and for us, it's also a privilege you know, to be able to serve.
1: Wonderful. Well, uh, I'd like to thank uh, all three of our guests uh, again. uh, Ms. Karen Durham-Aguilera, the Executive Director for the Army uh, National Military Cemeteries, as well as the Staff Principal and Executive Director at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, Brian Moore, the Deputy Superintendent for Field Operations at Arlington, as well as the U.S. Soldiers and Airmen's National uh, Homes Cemetery. And Chris Warren, one of the historians at Arlington Cemetery uh, please check out, uh, Arlington's website, arlingtoncemetery.mil. Please take part in the national dialogue, the survey that you can find on their website, uh, so- sign up on their social media accounts to stay in touch with, uh, with the, uh, the cemetery. And, uh, I'd just like, like to thank all three of you again for, for coming and joining us and, uh, helping tell the story of, uh, uh, your team, uh, as well as those uh, that you serve. And, uh, with that, uh, that'll conclude our program. Uh, hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the day and a great weekend. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM.